When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, hello. It is time to finally recap all of the Percy Jackson TV series. We have a whole first season now. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Before we get into it, Ava, Neve, how are we doing today? I'm good. I, um, the past few days have been really weird because I thought I was sick. Um, but it turns out that, um, my anemia, like my iron deficiency was just really flaring up, um, and making me feel like, you know, when you feel like you're asleep when you're awake, um, and also like, you know, when your, your vision, like your eyes aren't catching up to your vision and it makes you a little nauseous. Like I was like, am I ill? I took my temperature and I wasn't. And then I was texting one of our friends about it. And I was like, why do I feel sick? And she goes, maybe it's the anemia. And I was like, oh my God, you just diagnosed my ass. Um, and so I've been just taking care of myself, um, and got groceries today. That was lovely. Um, I haven't gotten Dunkin' in weeks just because I've kind of been hibernating and trying to save money because like shifts at my work have been pretty sparse. Um, scarce. I don't know why I keep saying sparse, but the Dunkin' that I got today, I don't know if it's just because the first one I've gotten in weeks, stellar. It's so good today. Um, so overall I'm doing well. We have a design run tonight for my show. Um, just chilling. Yeah. How about you, Neve? I'm good. Eating a great salad. Yeah. yeah. This bag salad was so genius and I'm having a great time. Um, yeah, I can't believe it's, I mean, when this comes out, or I don't know when you're going to upload it, but it, it, in like an hour. <laughs> oh, word. Okay. I can't believe it's still January. Like everyone no. on the internet, like every day I wake up and it's January. Like it's so true. Because not I feel like over the past, three, like even just like three days, I've lived 40 lives. It's actually so different to when I had, I had like equal amount, if not more sometimes of co- different kinds of commitments throughout our college campus while I was there. Like I would go like class, meeting, bus, another bus, club, like over and over again. But when it's only in the span of like six blocks, it like feels it's a lot the travel. And now I, I have like that much, I have a lot more commitments per day now, but when I have to like like commute up to 20 minutes to get to each thing and they're all in such different parts of the city with different vibes and like it's 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 so much it makes the days feel so much longer not in a bad way it's just like really crazy I cannot believe it's still January it's exhausting I completely agree it it's still January for a few more hours but then it'll be February and February notoriously goes quickly Mm -hmm. then we have March which notoriously 
um, is the longest month of the year. I fucking hate March. One thing about me is fuck March. Because that's no, one the- thing about me is fuck March. Because that's also the season of the Pisces. And frankly, um, we I think at this point we know how I feel about their kind. Um, but no, in general, also fuck March. Like, why are why are you raining and why are you cold? Like, I'm like delete. <laughs> delete. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's like spring, but no, it's still winter. But right. like like well who knows what it's gonna be this year because it's been 50 this week in january Mm -hmm. Um, yeah uh so that's crazy it is but um other than than january i'm chilling um i yeah i've just been on the grind mostly it's it felt very productive in january even though it felt long i felt like i got a lot done throughout um the jams uh so the jams the jams um yeah so, so we're doing good excited for for february i got uh my birthday's in a couple days yeah I, I got a haircut and got got my eyebrows done in preparation of my birthday to do nothing but go to work but and maybe go see a movie but but you know i i tr- wanted to treat myself today um period you had a day off because i had a day off <laughs> in the middle of the week amazing theater yeah (laughs) i i i will say that aside from Braden's birthday one of the other most important holidays of the year is coming up and that is groundhog day and um i just don't tell if you're gonna go super bowl valentine's day ironically or president's day or there's a lot of of holidays (laughs) coming up let me tell you i'm not even gonna start really talking about this but all i'll say is this year's super bowl is not a fucking holiday um that's all i'll say i'm a ravens fan i don't want to hear it um we i'm gonna stop but groundhog day i've decided to make it a part of my personality from um here on out to go unbelievably hard every groundhog day for the rest of my life so i will be starting that um i'm really excited for groundhog day even though you guys are the ones who live in pennsylvania so in theory, you could go see him. I don't think I will. I think he's a little more on the <laughs> Pennsylvania is wild. Pennsylvania is huge. I remember from college. I'm not sure where. Is he in Puxatawney? Is that yeah. why he's Puxatawney, Phil? Because he's yeah. that's where he's from? Yeah. Okay, he's like in- medieval n- nomenclature. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like, like in- Phil um... of Puxatawney. <laughs> that's so good. Ground uh, for so long. Yeah, let's get it. Let's get into the TV show. Um, I, I think because the last episode just just came out, let's do just our quick. We're gonna jump into. We're gonna go through the whole series, pros and cons. Um, but like initial like feelings. How do you feel now that season one is over? Not what you thought about it. Just how how you are feeling now. Content anticipatory um it felt like it flew by though it did i have to say i i think that this show was really successful at in the same way that the books were of making an arc that closes in one season or one one story but has such a good setup for the next one you know yeah like it was really 
And I think that the book and the TV show have different arcs, which is interesting. And they're not like, it's not a bad change. We'll talk about it more when we get to the episode things, but I really like how they've, they've made this a really cohesive season while also setting up for what's to come, but not spoiling too much, which I love. Yeah. You know, like I, I was wondering how much they were going to let on of what the next series could be. And I feel like they, they, they do just a good enough. amount yeah. of like, oh, things are more things are coming, but we don't get too into the specifics of what could be happening, you know? Yeah, I think I agree. I think it did a good job of like, if it wasn't to get renewed, it like feels like a complete story enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously we we want that season two renewal. So bad. No, no word yet. I can't imagine that they won't based on the ratings so far. The Disney I, people have been putting those child actors to work. They are out doing so much yeah. like promotion. They're doing so much social media stuff. I saw a bunch of clips of them like walking around Disney World. I was like, oh, they're getting good treatment. The, this the, was good. The ratings have been been very successful so far, especially yeah. as far as Disney streaming plus uh, Disney Plus streaming shows go. Um, it's hardly, it's like really hard for these like weekly releases to compete on streaming charts because they release weekly and they're competing against like binges and like movies sometimes. Uh, but I, I, based on the numbers I'm seeing, I, I feel like the chances are pretty good. I think they're waiting, they're waiting for it to be over so they could, uh, give people the invigoration to go back and binge it. They're like, oh, there's a season two. This is like a big, um, tactic of like, it's people, uh, production companies are very careful when they announce a season two, because like, Maybe if your pilot doesn't come as well as you want off the bat, you think more people can can watch it. You might announce it early. Um, you want to wait to like persuade people to binge it after your weekly release is over. Um, it can really, really depend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I have a strong feeling that that is coming. They've also got a lot of moving parts. Like if they. We don't know. Rick has been really enthusiastic about the show, but he has because he's been so personally involved Mm -hmm. and he is still an author with a life. So there is just like a lot of moving parts and people involved in this show that like they have to make sure are ready to sign on for another. Yeah. This show took like two years, like two years of work. Yeah. So. Um, All right. Let's let's talk about each episode individually really quick. Just quick pros and cons of each. Starting with episode one, what were our our pros and cons of episode one? I think my pros or my my the pro that I'm thinking of off the top of my head is like I think it was a great introduction to Sally. Um, like I think they paid sufficient attention to her and like her personality and her relationship with Percy. Um, and so that like the taking her away like I believed his motivation because of how they set up their relationship and like how much time they spent with Sally and introducing her. Um, so I loved the Sally content in episode one, personally. I thought episode one was a really strong, like just really strong way to start the show. It was pretty much a beat for beat remake of the start of the book, mm-hmm. which 
I think is exactly where they needed to begin, especially given the kind of changes they make to the narrative throughout the rest of the show. It was really great to like start with, I, I thought that it laid out enough information and exposition without being boring and was pretty much what happens in the book, which is a good way to start because it made everyone happy being like, oh my God, it's so accurate. And then they were a little more willing to go with go the, with the, the changes, changes in the future, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was a pretty uh, standard pilot episode. I think it hit all the beats it needed to and it got the show off to a like really quick start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what cons do we have for the the first episode? Um, I think kind of to like almost the opposite of my Sally point. I don't know if we necessarily got a clear enough, at least for my taste, depiction of Percy's relationship with Chiron. Um, like they had a good convo. Um, but like to me, it wasn't clear that Chiron was an important figure in Percy's life, or like Mr. Brunner, quote unquote, um, kind of until he got to camp. Um, and then kind of just falling into that relationship there was a little unclear for me. I mean, not super unclear because we've consumed all this content on in all its iterations, it feels like, but um it just felt a little more unclear, but also I completely understand that like in episodes this short, like there are some things that you're going to have to sacrifice for like streamlining your plot and like how you're going to shape every arc. So like, I, I completely understand it. I, that's just kind of the only con I can think of. Yeah. I don't have a, a ton for the, the pilot episode. Actually, the pilot is the only one that I'm like, I would say a con for the rest of the episodes is like, make them longer yeah but, but the, the pilot was, was the would, right length too. yeah um, and i would agree with the chiron point i would think that's i actually think that's kind of one of the weaker sides of the series overall is i mean i don't necessarily even need it but i do think it didn't succeed in making the mentor role of chiron feel important Chiron did not feel like an important character at all, which yeah. honestly I was fine with, but like I like I don't we all know we don't really like Chiron. He's he's not great at doing his job. But like if that is something that they want to be in the series, they did not succeed. At. Yeah. Yeah. Episode okay. two. Hey, this one was really great. Episode two was also really strong the the depictions of camp um all of the um was was episode two the stuff with mr d he yeah great. oh so it was i'm i'm pulling up the like the episode guide on on disney plus right now so i don't forget anything um yeah my pro is just jason minsu because like he <laughs> he's so fucking funny Honestly, the con is not enough. Jason Manzoukas, frankly. He ate that up. Real. Uh, he got a lot, but he's he still deserved more. Yeah. I really liked I really liked how they establish Percy's relationship with Luke so fast and like well in this episode. Because mm -hmm. it pays off in the end. 
it was good i agree i i will say a con of this episode this is kind of also me saying a con about the finale which i liked i think the conversation that Percy has with Luke needed to happen in the second or third episode. No, but I understood why. I understood why. However, having a flashback to an earlier part of something that already happened in the series that we didn't see is really awkward because every other flashback in the story is to him and his mom. And so it re- it felt disjointed. I understood. It's I thought it worked in the episode, like, individually. Yeah. But I was like, this conversation, I think, would have helped really cement the overall themes, too. If it was in this second or third episode. In order to move it there, you have to change where episode two ends and episode three begins. But I, do- I, don't-, I don't know if I hate that. I really like both episode two and three but I think I would sacrifice some of the time we spend with Medusa Mm. for more Luke just more Luke I understood why they did it because this is on a weekly release schedule it's now been like multiple like almost two months since we've like like they needed something to remind us like remember he likes Luke yes they definitely needed something yeah I'm just not sure that was it yeah but um one last pro of this episode is Percy's moment in the woods oh. burning that fucking candy for his mother was actually Demi me cry. So good. It was so good. And the way that um we have the callback to it in episode seven as well. Yeah. Later with when she burns the Sunday. Um and and Poseidon comes. I, I think <sighs> that through line was really well done. Um had me I, I don't know Beautiful. if I have many other cons of either because in retrospect like I do I do stand by the the loop thing in retrospect but um as an isolated episode I think it it pulled off everything it needed to very well episode one and two in my mind are very much the same episode because they, they came out together um yeah and I think as one complete pair they like really work well together. Totally. Um, I would say that's a pretty standard. Pro- this is a pretty standard problem that we're about to get into. I think with Disney Plus shows is they they really often come out the gate very strong and then start to meander a little bit for a couple episodes. Have like a great, uh, and then either have a great finale or a great like pre finale, but only one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think it's so wonderful that Rick is working so closely with the production team because like he can, I don't know, I feel like having him there is a reminder of like the set structure and the idea yeah. that like there are like specific priorities in the storyline that like here the author will make sure yeah. you understand. Episode three. Incredible. I Hunting. think three is still my favorite episode. No con. Oh. Interesting. I have a different favorite. I was indifferent toward four, but I really liked three. I do. I I understand the argument people have where they're like, I can't believe we didn't see Medusa's face, um, or head once in that episode. And 
I agree a bit, but I like the choice artistically that like because our our characters can't see like like if they see her face, they die. Yeah. Yeah, we would have turned so, to stone guys, don't it, you know? Yeah, it puts the audience <laughs> in, in the position of the kids, and I did like that. Yeah, I liked that. I mean, other pros are just like Megan Mullally being She'd always be eating. She was eating. She was eating in the finale too when she came back. Yes. Uh, I would say episode three was it was another strong episode. I would say the pacing of this one, I think this is when I started to notice the pacing issues in that we slowed down a lot in this episode from how fast paced the first two were. Yes. And that was so intentional because they were making, like, this was a moment where they made some big changes from how that scene was originally written in the books. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why we, like, really, like, screeched to a halt to be like, look, we changed it. Yeah. Um, And yeah. I do respect that because it was a really great change. Like, the way they rewrote it was yeah. fantastic. And, like, I think that it gave more insight into, like, our characters that we don't know that well yet in Annabeth and Grover. Yeah, it did. By rewriting the story a little yeah. bit and their interaction with Medusa, because you find out about Annabeth's, like, connection to this world and like how she's played a role in it her life mm -hmm. in her life and we also spend a lot more time focusing on grover's uncle that's uh like there yeah like as a statue when in the book i just that was like three lines being like oh my god like just like to really up the fear factor of the moment but this yeah. like we like spend time to like talking about yeah like what who that person was to grover and like why and grover's overarching goal of getting to be a seek like to like seek for pan and i think yeah. that rewriting this moment to to give that insight into those characters is a really smart idea i would agree i think the place that i would have try to fix some of the pacing issues with this was I I think I would have put the Luke thing in episode two cut off the end of episode two at the claiming have that beginning there and shorten the bus part. Mm. the bus part was just a, was just very long it was a little it, sweet it was nice and it was fun to, <laughs> fun to see Annabeth like uh plan do like have really a plan um but I don't the the TV show really heavy-handedly tried to get us to think Annabeth was the one to portray him. And maybe just because we're not new to this story, it yeah. didn't work for me. Maybe it worked for new readers. I'd be interested to, to hear from people who ha are just watching this for the first time if that worked for them. Nothing they did to like try to imply that Annabeth was the lightning thief paid off for me at all. I know, but I can see that if you didn't know the story, that it would make yeah, it would make you a little maybe, more nervous. which is why yeah, I would like to like to know. So if if you you are a new listener who who's listening to this, uh, just having watched the show, I'd be interested. I let us know your feedback. <laughs> yeah, um, that's okay. Episode four, I would say this is where I I loved the choice so much. I love the choices so much that were made here story-wise. And yet I we spent too much time here. I agree with that. That's kind of it. After I finished watching it, I was like, oh, okay. 
yeah, yeah. like to that totally was it but like i was also kind of like and then just knowing how shortened their episodes were going to get like later later and yeah. like how much we still had to get through if if we had like like three more episodes and we continued going at the pace oh yeah then were, i would have been i would have had no problem but yeah. the fact that our the final act of this season was so truncated like those last three episodes that are the the finale um were so short and so quick yeah yeah and it was clearly just because they didn't have enough time but i really liked this episode like i i think that it was it was a good way it was a good like follow-up to what we had just gone through because a lot of episode three is like who's gonna betray him like that's an underlying like question throughout episode three and then they're like and then he tells them at the end of episode three like someone's gonna betray me like i don't know what's gonna happen and they were like it's all good we're we're friends now this is a pack and then i think that all of the events in episode four leading up to Percy having his first fatal flaw moment mm -hmm. was like a really good, a really good way to like build up that, that relationship, you know? Yeah. As a trio. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think I liked the stuff about Annabeth's relationship with her mother that developed during it. Yeah. I liked the overall world stuff that was playing with Medusa and with Echidna. Unfortunately, that plot line was dropped after this episode yeah and it felt like there wasn't a because it felt like that was really building through the first couple episodes and then i was like okay like i know this kind of has legs as it goes on but it also does like this has always been very subtextual in in percy jackson has not been very textual at all and that's been something that we've wanted from it so i was excited to see it but because so much happens in the second half of this book there was no space for it so right. then i was questioning in retrospect why we spent so much time developing this new stuff that i hope it pays off in later seasons especially i think it has the chance to pay off with the way we introduced tyson in season two yeah um i i hope i hope to see those threads picked back up i think yeah. that's what that would be lovely. And I think that they attempted to make a like full circle moment of like these like not all of you, not all the people who you think are monsters are monsters and not everyone who you think are heroes are heroes with the final like Luke moment and the Ares fight, which is like very, which works as, which works well because that's how the book is written. Mm -hmm. But it they really like heavy handed with episodes three and four and then it is more subtle what you're supposed to pick up from it when the Ares fight is happening and when Luke betrays him like it's not as they don't connect those two dots yeah I agree know? uh episode five a god this is my favorite episode okay. actually you're right though I really love this this, all, this in respect also I I love episode three but I think the way that this episode fits overall is really great and fucking down my favorite yeah here's my spiel um after they meandered a little in three and four the i think this is exactly how you get back on track like a sharp change in terms of setting focusing on a different supporting character 
um, who like already has going from the fact that he's like charismatic and nervous and like fun and quirky, but like now we see like more of his like moral tool belt in a way and we're like excited to like help I, I i don't know what i'm trying to but we're like excited to see grover have these moments because a it's variety and it's novelty for the viewer and also because we're excited to see what then he can bring to this quest in the future episodes so that's yeah. extremely exciting yeah. it sets us up beautifully for the casino um also Aries rocks <laughs> like sorry yeah. I'm fucking obsessed with him like I think he like I think not only I mean let's get it out of the way elf in the room he's hot but also fuck he's fine as hell but also <laughs> um but also I think they use his character so so well and like Percy and Annabeth and Grover I guess their collective relationship with Aries is like the blueprint for luke's point you know like i think it's the blueprint for like helping viewers understand like what is so problematic in terms of these kids relationship with the gods because like aries exemplifies all of the traits that luke is is like upset with in the gods and there's also a lot of humor and and that's the episode with the tunnel of love right also yeah yeah also that's my favorite like moment in the book like because i've just always been able to visualize it very very clearly um when aries first described it like him and aphrodite there like i've just always been able to visualize it they pulled through on the visuals um it was beautiful so like appropriate changes of scenery and also appropriate changes of focus and focus on relationships that like drew us right back in i'm yeah episode of chef's kiss i love it <laughs> I, 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 it's really great. I agree. I think this episode highlights exactly what I wanted from this TV show. Yeah. Yeah. We were very like act, uh, faithful to the, the essence of the books. Um, we, we had all the same set pieces, but they were used in better ways. They were more improved. I think the thing that highlights what I loved about this so much is the intercutting of the scenes between Grover and Ares and uh, the Percy, Annabeth, and and Hephaestus, um, because that is the advantage of the media. Um, yeah, and I, I we think, get to see moments that like Percy hadn't seen in the book, so then we wouldn't have ever found out exactly. About. And I think that's such a fantastic use of these characters, especially because you do have more time they paced it weird overall but like you have more time so getting into all of these characters because new uh old fans have such individual relationships with these characters beyond percy that like you're giving time for these other characters besides percy uh was this, fantastic this was honestly the grover and annabeth episode it was because oh, yeah. we see Annabeth, this like arc we started her on in episodes two and three of like, she's always been like, she's, we know her personality, but now we like, we, uh, we knew her motivations and how her motivations were changing throughout this quest of like, she's always wanted a quest because she's always wanted to be perfect at this and be everything mm -hmm. to this system. 
And this episode sees her be like, no, actually, like, this is not like, and then it makes Luke's reveal at the end all the more like painful because now we like, now not just Percy, but like Annabeth, who's been there her whole life, sees where, like, has had a moment where she sees where Luke is coming from, but it is still not like drawn to be violent about it. Yeah. Um, Which is great. It was a great episode. This one did eat. I have, I have to I, say. I, don't know if I really have any cons about this episode. I know no. people didn't like the changes to the trap and that like the spiders weren't a part of it. I don't I don't think that matters personally. I think I don't think we needed it. I think it would have made barely any sense considering the the arc that Annabeth is going through, what they wanted to write for her in this episode. Yeah, it makes it a more much more of a character moment. Yeah. And I I needed that out of this this scene. The fewer spiders, the better, also for me personally. Agreed. <laughs> Fuck those shits. All right. Uh, episode six, The Lotus Hotel and Casino. I would say this is where things start to get a little rocky for me. Really interesting. I still okay. like this episode. Though. I liked it. I, I, I liked everything. I liked all the whole yeah. series, but I would say I... I started to have more problems with each episode starting here. Huh. Again, okay. Which is pretty far into the, the, the yeah. series. Again, yeah. apologies to Lin-Manuel Miranda. That was my bad. I really did not have any faith in you to execute this successfully. And you, you he killed ate. Sorry. You really ate. Yeah, good for, good for My him. apologies to him. Otherwise, I thought that the, the world of the Lotus Casino was really cool. Like the design. It was really well thought out. Yeah. Was really like not, I feel like in the, uh, in the movie and the musical, just any past like adaptations, they like take the moment to make the Lotus Casino like, um, cartoonish, Mm -hmm. which is okay because it's a very cartoonish idea that there have been people trapped in there since the 1940s, but they didn't. And it was so insidious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this ah. was a normal hotel. And then you looked in the background and like people were wearing clothes that were a little too old, but not like comically old. And right. you're like, oh, this is creepy. Mm-hmm. Like, and the way that they showed, the way that they had the the stuff being pumped into the air, insidious. Um, like, cause that is actually what's happening in the book. But like, it's like, it's so much creepier to have watched like, characters notice that in real life like oh my god it's all around me that's really scary and also watching people under the effect of it the way that they wrote it in this show Mm. spooky this was a really like unnerving episode and that's what they wanted it to be but it was like it was it was good i i liked it i again wish we kind of had it at the end of it but this is this was my disappointment with with the original movie too is that like we lean so hard into casino, but in the book, it's mostly an arcade. And I just like that in the book, it's an arcade because it more specifically appeals to our characters who are children. Yeah. Um. I, I think I think it's applied in the book that it's both, but the, there's more of a a targeted to 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 them. Um. Aspect you kind of to it with the VR thing. Yeah, and I said, and I liked it with the VR thing at the end. I just that was cool. Update. I wish there was was more of that throughout it. But my, the majority of my problem with this episode was, I mean, again, I, I, it's pacing. I, I thought this is the same problem I have with episode three and four. It's, I wish 
time was taken from literally only even one, three, four, or uh, six, if time was taken from any of them to give more time to the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree. Because I thought the last two episodes felt so rushed. Yeah. Um, and I liked all the moments. I liked the inclu- inclusion of Hermes. It just, I think the the casino was such an iconic moment from the book that we forget that it's literally one chapter. Like it's it's such it's it's so short. I it's, forgot that. It's That's not crazy. A big moment in the book at all, and I think I I understand the urge to make it a big moment because people expect yeah. that. But I do think. So I don't I, I I understand why the choice was made. I do think it hindered the overall clip of the story. Yeah. Um, but I did like the the taxi. That the, ta- a- the taxi scene was fun. Taxi scene was excellent. Again, and a weird use of the economy of your time. I know, but it was. <laughs> but so it was sweet. it was so endearing, and I thought you know- I thought I if we're going to waste time not moving the plot forward, if we're gonna do it to like give Percy more silly like Percy things to do I'm okay with it yeah when a pretty girl smiles at you and you grab your car it was so sweet it was so sweet um also I really liked that that uh the exit of that scene is one of my favorite transitions in the whole show of them driving and almost getting hit and then as soon as they hit the road they're they're on on the the beach beach. and that shot of the car pulling into the corner i was like this is great yeah i agree this is one of my overall compliments to the show um but i'll say it now because i love that shot so much the cinematography is brilliant it is overall very good i would say sometimes it feels weird with the tone of the um the kids who are just like doing a very like silly, I'm not gonna call it Disney Channel acting because it's better than Disney Channel acting, but it is still child acting mm-hmm. in a but it's not child acting in like a an Oscar movie child way. It's just I think it's a very sincere child acting. Yeah. But but it sometimes feels weird to see them shot so cinematically and be kids. Um, yeah. you know, like, and I, I don't, I don't know what the solution to that is. Yeah. Um, I, I think the solution to that is, is may, maybe I just feel weird watching children <laughs> and I don't, I have a, I have, no, I also have a thing with child actors. Like, I like really don't believe that anyone under 18 should be allowed to act. <laughs> maybe 16. <laughs> I'll give it 16, maybe. But like, I, the child acting industry is is like one of the worst things about America. Um, <laughs> and so I always have a little hesitation watching children act. And I don't think children can be particularly great actors. Yeah, they're general. young. No and I think they're doing great great for their age. They're killing it. They just happen to be little. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, I, all, all three of our, our, our leads are are great. Um, yeah. I, I think they sometimes, I don't think the dialogue always feels quite natural kids there's there's some weird dialogue moments um yeah they always sound a little consistently older than they are yeah you know but like i think i think that's a problem they will age into exactly uh, like it won't be a problem for long but um episode seven okay so here's here's my difficult relationship with episode seven we had so much going on interspersed with a brilliantly written 
so sad moment with Sally and Poseidon. Yeah. And the thing is, should we have maybe deleted that all of like, or at least maybe make it like one cut scene to make room for all that happens in this episode? Probably. Yeah. But like my little heart would like that scene to stay in its entirety because it was beautiful. I, I completely agree. It's like, oh, I loved this, but oh my God, did it distract from all of the really important stuff plot stuff. I was like, it is character versus plot. And you're like, I love, I love these, these Sally moments. Right. And yet I feel like they also undercut the plot that was I happening. I know, it was so sad because it was so well-written. It, it leads us so well into the Ares fight. Yeah. Which starts episode eight. Like just this, this debate of Sally not wanting to bring him to camp yet and Poseidon being like, I know, but he'll be safe. And she's like, I don't want him to become who your family wants him to be. Like, I want to find out who he is on his own. And then we like lead into this like crazy climactic moment. Mm -hmm. It was, it was beautiful. But too much, I was like, maybe we could have cut like one cut scene, like one interaction cut scene. We could have done it in two scenes, in my opinion. We didn't need the whole, um, in the car and then in the office it could have all been in that restaurant yeah yeah we could have just filled in what happened with some like quick dialogue and then maybe they didn't need to do like one of the things they did in the underworld they didn't need to do crusty i'm i'm mad about that (laughs) i agree actually i if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it, and then they didn't do it. Because you know, you have to stretch him, but that's so morbid, and this is a show for sure. So you might as well not do it. And I would have rather uh, seen DOA Records be the entrance. Yeah, like we just are so consistent with so many things that I do understand people's holds up. This is the first time I've been like that was a change from the book that I don't understand. Whereas right. like this just felt like an inclusion to be like. Well, none of the adaptations have done this yet, so we have to do it because it's not in um uh the the musical either, and the musical does DOA. Um, the movie does does the Hollywood sign, which is weird. But <laughs> I I would have rather them do do DOA records as just like they go to this place and they enter. I didn't need I I like anytime seeing like Annabeth do a clever plan, but like it, Percy giving the exposition about who he is felt weird. All of that, it just took too much time because I would have got rid of it. And I also would have moved the Ares fight from the finale to the end of this episode. I, I think- agree, so more room for Luke. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I agree. I think moving the Ares fight to the end of this episode, tie. I think the Ares fight ties into the Sally stuff very directly. And I, I think- seeing Percy's independence and like choice to fight Ares because like he pretty much knows when he leaves the underworld that they're going to fight Ares yeah and I don't think that moment I I can see why they put in the finale because I think it it influences the conversation with Zeus at the end a little bit Mm -hmm. um because, like, a lot of this is about fathers and sons. Like, that's... Yeah. That's the... I mean, parents and kids overall. Um, But, like, it's mostly male characters. And Annabeth's relationship with Athena just isn't really 
address at the forefront at, yeah. at the forefront yeah um i hope it becomes it's not really even at the forefront at most of the books it's a, i hope it becomes a bigger thing and i think mm-hmm. it will um i think we'll they get more of it the next like book it will, yeah. but um yeah so i understand so the choice i think i would have liked it at the end of that episode but again it was the underworld design was incredible mm-hmm Oh my god, it was insanely beautiful. I also really loved the choice to kind of make Hades um area not like a deep dark layer. You know, like he actually had some natural light. Um I was saying I loved how like everything was like cool toned. Yeah. And not like the typical idea you have of an underworld of like fire and brimstone and like it was yeah. like actually like so scary that it was just like foggy and cold yeah <laughs> you know because it's, it's not it's not fire and brimstone and it's not just like complete utter black sadness it's more of a right. it's so melancholy yeah exactly it's melancholy but it's also it, it yeah it, it's not an extreme like it's not like a cinematic like darkness extreme no. because i think that also parallels Hades like lack of involvement with the whole plan like Mm -hmm. he's just kind of a funny little guy like who happens to have this position and like I don't know like I've always really admired how Rick wrote Hades in the book as like part of the plot um but not being too too relevant um because I think it's pretty I mean like it's not like Hades is top of the list for like people who need to stop being demonized because like he is a man and like you know he's got a lot working for him already but like (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just cool how Rick was able to subvert that expectation like so smoothly and I think that that the set um the set I feel like I'm I feel like I'm in a like theatrical space but um like the way that they crafted his like non-layer um represented him and his involvement and his personality perfectly like he's not this like demonic presence at all he's just like he's a guy with a job you know but he's that's all and a fun suit loved the suit yeah and uh, to transition us i guess into the finale and the, the the end of the show overall um the Hades Palace was really ref- like a mirror of uh Olympus. Yeah. Of- the Olympus was like set design was also like CGI design was beautiful. I said that is great. Do I that is, is it clearly the volume? Yes. This is like <laughs> this was this is the first time where I was like, I could kind of like see him standing in front of the screen. Um, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, that's just a problem with the volume, like as the way of filming it. But like the the design of it was fantastic. Exactly what I imagined in my brain. It was beautiful. Really? Um, yes, and, I agree. Like it was yeah. like and I oh. would say okay, because it we start out with it. I personally Oh, when all the the little actors were like asked what their favorite moment was, they were like the Ares fight. You are you guys are gonna love the Ares fight. I loved the Ares fight. I did I, too. I liked it. I no, I thought it was the perfect depiction of what we talk about on this podcast sometimes about how like oh they're not good at fighting. Win fights. Just yeah. With a little trick. Yeah. Like, like he said, 
they make moments to show that like he sets these rules that like Ares has to follow and Ares is like fine and then he has a little trick of you think he's down and out and then he has a little trick that he can summon a wave because he's on a beach and then he just like gives him a little nick in the leg yeah like, it's perfect no, I would, depiction I would of like these are just kids who are like smart enough to pull water over on these but yeah. like he wouldn't win in a classic combat with Ares he just like one, because he, he had a little idea. Yeah. I, I think that might have been my favorite part of the episode. Well, actually, no. My favorite part of the episode was the very end when he was like, I love my mom. That yeah. was so cute. <laughs> actually, no. We act- I have to talk about that whole um, sequence, but I'll wait a minute. Okay. We get there in the episode. Um, the, the whole scene with Zeus, I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I, you know, I, I felt weird about the pacing of this episode. Again, like everything felt really quick. And yeah, this one felt too fast. Uneven, but like, I liked the conversation between him and Zeus and I liked the whole change of like Poseidon coming, him being like, I'm not going to end the war though. Um, That that was everything. I really respected that. That was slay. Don't. I thought the dialogue didn't communicate it super effectively in a way that it took me a minute to re- figure out what he was saying. Because <laughs> yeah. he's like, like a war to, to go back to and you're like, oh, the war, like, because Kronos, you just said the war. But like, Percy knew that that's not what he was saying, but that, I don't think that was clear to the audience. Like, I don't think it was, it was, it was a, the, the transition in second. the conversation was a little clunky, but I like where we went and I like the, I'm, I'm a sucker for like, He's going to smite him. And then, no, he's holding his arm. And it was, was it was a really, I really loved the change to make Poseidon not just be like, you got to call this off, idiot. But like, I'll surrender if you dare him. Yeah. That was that eight. Because I do think that this series talks so much more about like the, how the God structure can be. It is bad, but I do think this series wants us to like Poseidon, and I think Rick wanted us to like Poseidon, but he just didn't put enough effort into making us like Poseidon. Yeah. And this is like something that was very clearly like I I, like I think Poseidon. I think it succeeds in that. I don't. I I liked it. I think it succeeds in that. I don't know how much I love that choice overall. No, I know. Because I don't, I, his relationship with his dad can't be too good off the bat, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, because it like, he does that nice thing. Mm-hmm. And then Percy's like, do you ever think about mom? And he's like, you gotta go. Bye. And then yeah. like abandons him again. So it definitely like, yeah. it has good emotional waves of like, it shows that Percy shouldn't really know what to think about these people yet. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a pretty okay way to leave us off with Poseidon, yeah. you know? Especially yeah. after that interaction he had with, we saw with Sally, the devastating conversation in that restaurant. I feel oh. like also like plays off well, this interaction mm-hmm. with Poseidon. I agree. I, it's, it's interesting because in the book though, I, I was definitely roped into the fact that there was so much more to be desired like in terms of the father-son relationship and like that percy was very much like an advocate for 
himself in terms of like getting that relationship to yeah more um whereas poseidon like i understand that he wants like i understand that rick wants us to have a soft spot for the gods now because he doesn't want his whole audience to be like luke was right luke was right because like he was and we know this but yeah like, luke was right luke was right and in that scene i was like go with him no literally i was like, like, Gosh, I I like his, his little portal's a little scary but like everything oh, everything's like, kind of scary <laughs> like everything in their world is like I, freaky i actually though the changes that were made to this scene i i like was sitting here this morning kind of like ooh, like i had to take the bus ride to work to think about how i felt about the changes that were made to the luke reveal evil scene mm -hmm. because i have such a standout moment in my mind of reading the chapters where percy is like poisoned and gonna die like so well yeah. because yeah. they were so unnerving and upsetting but upon reflection i do think that they only work in this context that you are reading this book with a first person narration and all of percy's thoughts and i agree so much of the the this series has been showing percy that he has that he should have faith in these friends that he's made on this quest. I agree. And, and I really love Annabeth that Annabeth is yeah. there and saves him in this moment and he isn't like left alone again. Yeah, I because agree. Because so much of this has been like, he's not alone. And to then take us back to a moment where he's dying of poison by himself is just like not, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I kind of loved it. I, I, I really like that change. The only thing, the honestly, the only thing I didn't like about the Luke reveal, I didn't love the cutting back and forth. We already talked about this. Um, but I don't, I don't even know how you would tackle this problem. But I don't think the reveal works nearly as well as it does in the book. Because in the book, this is, I, and again, I don't know, I, I can only point out this problem and I have not thought enough about how, to, how I would fix it. Um, in the book, Luke is mentioned a lot. Luke is it doesn't appear only appears in the beginning and the end. But well, one the scenes in in Camp Half Blood, they're like we spend more time there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and not much, but more time. Um, with Luke in the beginning, but because we're getting it narrated by Percy, he thinks he, about he thinks about Luke, and we did have and, a little and, Irish we, and we and we have more. The Talia conversation is more spread out throughout yeah. it it wasn't as much here mm -hmm. um i don't think we ever like really got into it either we like didn't. no she's just kind of name dropped and like explained that she was brave sometimes yeah um and i think the moment of him oh that was another shot i loved when he gets a uh, zapped back from mount olympus to camp half-blood and they have that shot of percy getting up like opposed to Talia's tree yeah I thought that was so slay and it was not it was a kind of slay that could only be interpreted by people who like know this series yeah. which I respect having moments like that but also because... it's something that, that reads good upon a rewatch yes of like, yeah because like it was just like a beautiful shot but like when you think of when you know these characters and you know what happened to Talia and you know what Percy what almost just happened to Percy mm -hmm. and like the thought of like both of these characters are these like forbidden children and like Percy spent this whole quest 
and like luckily made it out alive the other side despite almost not many times yeah surviving and then to have him end the whole quest and like get up from it facing someone who like the tree of someone who is now a tree yeah because and like also when you think of her him making those comments in the beginning of like she met a pine cones fate people got so pressed by that i laughed um <laughs> don't look, guys, she comes back alive but um i thought that and then she lives forever and then she lives forever um i thought that that was such a like good way at least as someone who knows the series to like have Percy end this quest of like a shot of him with Talia's tree. Yeah. When he was like in the beginning. And the like, building of it the... toward the next book yeah. and book three. Like it's it's, yeah. it's a real it really doesn't pay off till the very end of Sea of Monsters and really the beginning of, of yeah, Titan's Curse. But it was beautiful. Love that shot. Um, um and then the Do we have anything else to say about the Lucene? No, I I was gonna move on to the the tr- the trio moment at the end where they're all saying goodbye to oh, each other that was very sweetie. that was very sweetie um i felt weird about the searcher's license thing i don't think the joke worked it didn't yeah i i thought they had to they had to acknowledge the silliness of it for the joke to work and i don't think it did i think it was just too fake of a looking flower i don't know i was like this is i like i see where they were going i think if percy there's no way Percy Jackson doesn't make a comment about that. Yeah. You know, and that's, I like think, that, I think, comment. I think that's, that's why it like felt weird in that's such fair. a sincere moment too. Yeah. But like, other than that, I loved the conversations between them. Yeah. Yeah. I will say my, my last thing about um the, the Percy Luke, A, I think the fight, I wish it had been just a tad longer and um yeah. be obsessed with the fireworks in the background that to oh, me, it was beautiful beautiful that was that great. was the cinematography moment for me yeah, yeah that was really great that's so true um and i want to say maybe it was because i had just like i watched this in the morning but like that the sequence of the like cut to the montauk house where Percy sees his mom and then she's like, you need to wake up and you turn and it's Kronos and you're like, what? Yeah, and then that was he wakes freaky. up and it's a nightmare and his mom is there and he's going to say, I was like, this was great. Like this was a great sequence. Yeah, it was. It I was, love that. It had me at every twist and turn and like, I know the end of this book. Like it was really great. Um, Cause in that moment I was like, does, are we waiting till season two to see if his mom comes back? Or like, it's like, it, it ate. It was great. It was such a good, like, it was such a good way to set up season two. And also, um, then the moment with his mom was so sweet and that closed out season one. And then, and then we're off and he's off to seventh grade where he's going to meet Tyson and sail the high seas. Oh, <laughs> uh, I need season two and I need it now. The more that we talk about it, I really, really did like the finale. I, I like the finale too. I, I I get I just I thought it felt a little fast. Yeah. But I but it, it definitely didn't feel as disjointed and confused as, as, as episode, episode seven. seven. I, I would say episode seven is probably the weakest episode for me. It is. And do you know why it's dev- that's so devastating? Because that scene with the Sally and the It is devastating. It's fantastic. It's yeah. so good. But like that <laughs> episode as a whole was not. The yeah. way it read to me is like if someone let Jane Austen write a scene in the Avengers. Yes, it it was exactly that. 
<laughs> I, I would say that might be a note I have for the whole series overall is there are some moments like that that are real fantastic like uh awards movie kind of scenes right Oscar winning are great but they feel real weird <laughs> going back and forth between like how silly the premise is and that makes things like oh it do- it makes the moments like oh Ares disappeared don't look at his god form he dropped the helm it's like which isn't which is silly because it's objectively silly but like shouldn't feel silly in this fantasy thing it does make those moments feel a little more ridiculous when you're like well you're intercutting that with these like really ground we're getting almost too rounded in those (laughs) moments in a way that makes the the fantasy elements feel a little like okay because that feels like a scene from like American Gods, like a really like yeah. really like adult fantasy show, which is great. I love that. But it makes other scenes feel a little more Disney. Right. And that's the thing, it's like both character-based and action-based, like are fair, of course. We've talked about this before. And the thing is, like both types of scenes, I think, in this situation are written like expertly, like both bring a lot to the table and have a lot of things to say um they just don't you just need to find a new balance a balance for sure yeah Yeah. and and one of the the major things about this first season and any first season of a tv show honestly is like finding the footing and finding what works and finding what audiences are responsive to um and i think a lot of I would say this is a strong four out of five, eight out of ten. Yeah. So eight out of ten. I would eight out of ten. Uh for me. But like those problems the problems I have aren't small, but I think they're super solvable. And I yeah. foresee them being solved. Especially mm-hmm. if you are careful about like who you bring on from the writing and directing teams from this first season into the next. Because even even the episodes that I was like, there's a lot happening here. And like, there's a lot, like every single episode had something that like truly like blew me away. Like had some element of it that I was like, this is really great. Um, and like for the, for like episodes one through six, it was like pretty consistently, like, like it was multiple things per episode. And it was really just like seven and eight or like, I guess one through five. No, I really, I did like episode six. So seven and eight just had some moments that got a little like lost. Like, okay. But yeah, that's okay. Because this is their first season. And we're excited for season two. We're so excited. And we're here to announce that season, no. <laughs> Could you imagine they let us do that? As if, like of all people. <laughs> but overall, it was everything I could have hoped and dreamed for, honestly. I could Yeah, me too. All right. Well, the Percy Jackson series is over. This is crazy. No, what's crazier? We're jumping back to one episode a week. Thank God for our schedules. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're jumping back into next week talking about chapters one through four of the Tyrant's Tomb. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters, and we also have a coffee account and a Rebel store and a website www.returntocamp.com.com.com. Bye. Bye.